so th- this week we read Parshat Bo, and we, uh, we have the final three plagues. And one of the things I, I was looking at was uh, Rabbi Sachs wrote, and it's interesting, I read last week he wrote a similar thing three years out of the last ten years, and then I looked at what he wrote for Bo, and he refers to the, the plagues, and he says that the plagues were not only intended to punish Paro and his people, but also to show them the powerlessness of the gods in which they believed. He says, what is at stake in this confrontation is the difference between myth in which the gods are mere powers to be tamed, he says, and biblical monotheism. So he goes through the plagues, and a number of people go through the plagues, and they show how each plague was specifically set up to go against a different Egyptian god. So, for example, the first plague was against the Nile. The Nile was personified in ancient Egypt as the god Hapi and was worshipped as the source of fertility in an otherwise desert region. It says the, uh, <clears throat> the plague of frogs would have been associated with the Egyptian god Heket, the goddess who was believed to attend births as a midwife and who was depicted as a woman with the head of a frog. The greatest god of the Egyptians was the god Ra, or Re, the sun god. The name Paro, often associated with the Exodus, is Ramses. Ramses actually means Ra-Meses, son of Ra. So, so Paro considered him himself the son of God. So Christianity wasn't the first star. He was the son of God. And that's, the, that's the meaning of his name. It's interesting, Moses also is son of. So, so it's believed that he believed he was a, he was a ruler. And this, this god, Ra, well, this is the sun god, was the, the main god of the Egyptians. And it's believed that at the beginning of time, according to Egyptian myth, the sun god ruled together with Nun, the primeval waters, and eventually there were many deities. Ra then created human beings from his tears, seeing, however, they were deceitful. He sent his goddess Hathor to destroy them, and only a few survived. And I guess that's the flood story from the Egyptian perspective. So, there, so, so the, the, one of the things he brings is that part of the idea of the plagues was to also go against the Egyptian gods and show us that the Egyptian gods were powerless in the face of, of, uh, of Hashem. Something also specifically about night. So when we, when we pray at night, we always, we're always concerned about the dangers of night, the dangers of nighttime. The, one of the things we say in the prayer at night is, Hoshienu leman shemecha, vehagen ba'adenu, says, uh, and, uh, and defend us, vehaser ma'alenu, and remove from us, Oyev, enemies, dever, plague, cherev, sword, uh, ra'av, hunger, yagon, depression. So the nighttime is a very dangerous time for us. So I just when wanted you to start. Us, you mean for B'nai Israel, it seems. Okay. Or it seems, it seems. So with that... Maybe for people in general? People in general, nighttime is dangerous. But we, we see that at night... There, there uh, certain negative forces are, uh, are at play. And we, we, that's one of the reasons that when we pray at night, we're praying that Hashem should protect us specifically at night from all these negative forces. Or it's the best time to pray. Exactly. So we're going to say, 
We're going to say until midnight. We're going to see there's two, there's a division of the night. Mm-hmm. So, now we start with the perasha. So, when we, we have the last three plagues are in this week's portion. It says, Vechiset en ha'aret. So, the first plague is locusts. So, when you're talking about locusts, you're going to talk about the locusts come, and they basically going to eat up whatever food remains. And the interesting, interesting thing about locusts is that they also eat the food of B'nai Israel, according to many opinions. Why? Because they didn't want to have food left over for when B'nai Israel leave for the Egyptians to have. So one plague that affected B'nai Israel as well could have been the locusts. It says, But the way it's described is they covered the eye of the land. So it says... <coughs> What does it mean? Rashi says, he says, the view of the earth. He says, what does it mean? It means you couldn't see. It means the locust was so thick that they caused complete and total darkness. So even though the plague of locusts is about eating the crops, the way the Torah is describing it <coughs> is that they bring darkness to the world. You couldn't see the land. And it ate whatever remained from the, uh, the uh, hail. hail, thanks. And it ate all the trees. So it says darkness, but it's not the plague of darkness, but we're talking about darkness in this plague of, of, uh, of locusts. So Moshe, he strikes his, uh, his staff uh, against the land of Egypt. And God brings a wind all the night. And the morning came, and it says, and then the Arbeah come. So you go all through the night, the wind is blowing. And again, what do we need this scene of night? And then instead of morning coming, it becomes black. It stays black. There is no morning. Because you go through the night, the locusts are coming, morning comes, and you're completely covered with locusts. So, does God need help of the wind? Why do we have this all day, all night? Why is it instantaneous? Why the emphasis that it blew all night so that by the morning it was still dark? Again, no, nothing to see. And again, the Pasuk says, And it covered the eye of all the land. And the earth became dark. And going through, dark, 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 boom. Next plague. So these, these were not just these were not regular locusts. Mm. They're kind of specially appointed. What's the matter? You want me to know? Kind of <laughs> huh? So if you so the the I don't know. I mean, if you ever see a locust thing on TV, you see the. I've seen. I've seen. Stop, I've you see real locusts. Real locusts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And does it darken the whole? Uh, well, no. 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 But, there's one. but you see they, them come in oh, clouds. No, no, yeah, they, they come and they just... They cover everything. <clears throat> yeah, just eat everything. Within a couple of days, everything is gone. Oh, oh it's the bug? The bug. Okay. Like a grasshopper. They come to Israel. They come to Israel from time to time. Yeah. I haven't had no, recently. Uh-uh. Yeah. Shachar. Arbe. 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 Next, next plague. So the ninth plague is darkness in itself. And the darkness continues. So the thing is, what does it mean, afela? Thick darkness. Rashi says, what was it? 
He says that there's three days of darkness where you just couldn't see, and three days of darkness where? Couldn't move. Couldn't move. You were stuck in your seat, you couldn't move. Why do we have such a thing? Afilah is Aleph. So he says, says another interesting thing is Rashi doesn't ask a question on any of the plagues. What was the reason for the plague? When it comes to darkness, he asks specifically, what's the reason for the plague of darkness? And his answer is that there were two reasons, and the two reasons Rashi brings is that four-fifths of B'nai Israel weren't going to get out of Egypt, so they had to have the funerals when no one could see. And the other is so that they could look into the houses of the Egyptians so that they could borrow the things they were going to borrow when they were going to leave Egypt. Died? <clears throat> Rashi brings that four-fifths of B'nai Israel die oh, in Egypt. Just, the problem is 2.4 million. You, they, they bury them in three days or six days. I don't know how you bury 2.4 million people in six days. But that's what that's what we you know that's why we say Hamushim Alu. Guess that's another one. So so again it continues about not seeing. A person didn't see his brother. And a person did not get up from his place for these extra three days. It doesn't say they were buried by the way. No. Right. Sort of vanished. Vanished. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uchol b'nei Israel hayaor, and for all b'nei Israel there was light b'moshvotam in their places. So it was so dark, a person couldn't see. It was like a screen over the sun, and then three days they're paralyzed. What's the connection to Ayin of the Lamb? And so that's, that's the question again. Why darkness? So it says when Jews have light, the Arizal says, where, does the Jew, where do the Jews have light? If the world is completely dark, how do the Jews have light? He says they have light from the original Or. It says when the Hashem created the world, there was Or Haganuz, they had the light, it was in their eye. And from the light of their eye, I guess, you know, they had like an iPhone camera, a iPhone light, you know, shoot out of their eye, you could see anything they needed to see. And specifically, specifically it brings... That the Jews had that the Jews had or and we say etc. Next tenth plague. So the tenth plague is going to be the death of the firstborn, which was already brought up from the the time of uh, the the first plague. So then the first the, this plague when is it going to take place? Around midnight. It says we could also translate when the night splits, when the night is splitting. It says what does it mean when the night is splitting? We have Rashi brings he talks, brings the story of Lech Lecha and Avraham Avinu. It says the first half of the night, when Lot was taken captive, Avraham Avinu went to free Lot, his nephew, and he chased the four kings had fought against the five kings, and Avraham went to chase the four kings. And it tells us that he chased the four kings for the first half of the night. The first half of the night. So it says, like when the night was split. So the Midrash says, Avraham spent the first half of the night fighting the kings to save Lot. The second half of the night, Hashem would save B'nai Israel from Egypt. That's the kachatzot, splitting 
splitting the night. But it's a little more complicated than that. <coughs> the Exodus, Yetziat Mitzrayim, begins at midnight. Even if they leave in the morning, the redemption begins with the death of the firstborn. So, Kachatzot, when the night splits. The Gemara explains around midnight and says also why. Because Moshe didn't want the Egyptians to say that he wasn't exactly on time. The reality is, who cares if it would have been 1159 and 1201 when all the Egyptians died? Right, it's the split of the night. Exactly, exactly. So he says, the, so that's why, the, the, he, so Moshe is worried, they're going to calculate it incorrectly and they're going to say he was wrong. It's hard, hard. The other one is probably better. Kachatzot is splitting the night. So the last three makot. But is all, the morning saying around midnight? So we translated kachatzot ah. around midnight. And the but time you see it is in lechacha. We see from lechacha. We see from lechacha. Yeah. But in the text, it's written what? Kachatzot. Kachatzot halayla. So the last three makot all have to do with night, and the last one. The death of the firstborn. Why does it have to be at night? Why does it have to be at midnight? Why couldn't it be any other time? Why couldn't it be in the middle of the day? So what's the difference when? And we continue. There was a great scream. So there was a great scream like there never was and there never will be. And all, with all B'nai Israel, very interesting, A dog did not wet its tongue. No dogs barked. So you would imagine if death is running through, if people are screaming, if everyone's dying, what are the dogs going to do? The dogs are going to bark. Also the rabbis tell us, the reason B'nai Israel couldn't leave Egypt is because Egypt had an alarm system. What was the alarm system? They had these magic dogs at the border. And if anyone would try to go past the border, the dogs would bark and bark and wake everyone up and you'd catch the slave. So usually you would hear a dog. Here specifically the Torah is telling us the dogs didn't bark. Okay, next. So we finish that. We have these three plagues all have to do with darkness and dogs don't bark. Now we go to the next part of the parasha. The next part of the parasha is telling us about Hachodesh, the month. Hachodesh Hazelachem Rosh Chodashim. This month, Nisan, is going to be the first of the month. Rashi says, Moshe had a difficulty understanding what Hashem meant when he was telling him that this is going to be Rosh Chodesh. We have a difficulty understanding what was Moshe finding so difficult to understand. If I tell you that Rosh Chodesh is when the moon starts, when you could see the first sliver of the moon, then you're going to say, okay. So we don't know what, what Moshe's difficulty is. The reality is we know the moon doesn't change, it's just the way we see it. So he says, <coughs> today we have, we have a calendar. In those days, you didn't have a calendar, especially when after we left Egypt, in order to have a month, you had to pronounce Rosh Chodesh. Meaning you had to have witnesses say, we saw the new moon, they would come to the Betin, and the Betin would say, okay, now it's Rosh Chodesh. So you would never know until the witnesses would come. This year, we had a leap year, in order to catch up between the lunar year and the solar year. The lunar year, I think, is 354. 
The solar year is 365, so there's 11 day off. If you only go by the lunar year, which the Muslims do, then what happens is every year you lose 11 days. So what happens is Ramadan could come out one year in October, the next year it's going to come in September, the next year it's going to come in July, etc., etc. Because they don't make up, they don't have a leap year. But it's not so easy to have a, a lunar year with all the rules and all of the details that you need. If you really want to have a good year and know exactly what you're doing, what should you do? You should have a solar year. Because the solar year is 365 and a quarter plus whatever. So what do you do? You have a solar year. You know every year it's uh, April whatever is going to be April whatever. So, so what, why do we have it specifically according to the moon? Why is this the first mitzvah that's given to B'nai Israel? Why is this mitzvah given to B'nai Israel while we're still in Egypt? Why do we need to have it in Egypt? What does it have to do with Egypt and what does it have to do with the, with the Exodus? Why did Moshe, Hashem just say to Moshe, listen Moshe, in two weeks from today, everyone's going to take a, uh, in ten days, everyone's going to take a, uh, a sheep and they're going to bring it home. And three days later, they're going to take the sheep and they're going to kill the sheep. And then the next night, everyone leaves. Why do we have to have Rosh Chodesh, start with Rosh Chodesh and then go into the Exodus? So it's interesting. The Nitziv, he says Rosh Chodesh, is an integral part in the transition from pre-slavery to post-slavery. He says the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh distinguishes the Jewish people from the rest of the world. After having been in Egypt for hundreds of years, they were influenced by the Egyptian culture. So they needed a constant reminder they were no longer to identify with that culture. How? When the rest of the world worked off of a solar calendar, they were going to work off of a lunar calendar. And he says that's the reason, just to make them different from everyone else. Just to make B'nai Israel different. Sephorno brings, why is the first mitzvah? The mitzvah of a calendar. And he says that what's the difference between a free person and a slave? He says time. When a person is a slave, their time is not their own. When you are free, your time is your own. The mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh was Hashem's gift of time to B'nai Israel. The message that now time was theirs. And that's why the Sephorno says, the renewal of the moon shall be for you. Because this is specifically for, for B'nai Israel. And Sephorno brings really comments there that really time is something that we all become a slave to certain things and we have to be in control of our time. Um, so that we, we go from there. So we're going to have now the first, after we have the, the, the mitzvah of the month, the next mitzvah is to eat the Paschal lamb, to eat the Pesach sacrifice. They're going to eat the, uh, the meat that night, roasted on fire with matzot and maror. They have to eat it all together. Again, we have night. The only time you could eat it is at night. You slaughter it, ben harabayim, but you cannot eat it until the night. No other sacrifice has a delay start time. Only when it comes to Korban Pesach, we're stuck with night. It says, <coughs> what's going on? So Rashi, based on the Gemara, says that Hashem saw that there were no mitzvot. 
So Hashem gave B'nai Israel mitzvot here. What were the two mitzvot that He gave them? The blood of, the Pe- of Pesach and the blood of Milah. It says the blood of Pesach during the day and the blood of Milah at night. Very strange. The blood of Milah at night? We don't do circumcision at night. How could they have done circumcision at night? Shulchan Aruch says, if you do circumcision, if you do a brit milah at night, it's no good. You have to do it again the next day. You have to take a dot of blood the next day. You can't do, you can't do brit milah at night. So the Torah tells us that Abraham, was circ- he circumcised Yitzchak on the eighth day. We understand this literally to mean day. A brit can be scheduled any time between sunrise and sunset. Since it's preferable to do a mitzvah early, it's always customary to do it in the morning. A brit milah cannot be performed at night and is considered invalid if done so. So, we're saying now that Hashem wanted to give them mitzvot, so the two mitzvot we have are this, the slaughtering of the Paschal Lamb and the brit milah. Even if you're anus? Yeah, no at night. Not at night. Hmm? Anus? Under, under, under duress. Under duress. No, 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 so you say you're in, in Soviet, Russia. In Soviet, you're in Russia. Right. Can you do the Brimila at you night to hide it? You want to hide and, and do it? He's saying, so until sunset. He's saying till sunset, till sundown. Sunri- sunrise to sundown. So we continue, the, the perasha goes on. But it does it specify if the night for the brick, was it during the one part of the night and as opposed no, to No, just says that, it just says here that that they, uh, he brings that the mitzvah was done, the mitzvah, he says the mitzvah, the mitzvah of milah was done at night, which is very strange, because we would never do mitzvah of milah at night. The pasuk continues now. So we go skip to, to Perak Yudbet, pasuk 29. And now, Vahi bachatsi halayla, it was bachatsi halayla, was at midnight. God killed every firstborn in Mitzrayim. At midnight, destroys. Pasuk continues later on, 42. This is a night of watching, anticipation. This is a night of watching for all B'nai Israel forever. Says Rashi, Hashem promised Abraham. So again, why at night? Usually Hashem does not appear at night. The Avot, typically Hashem appears during the day. The Brit Ben Habitarim was specifically at night. So Hashem says, this is the night, this is the promise, this is forever. Always this night we're protected, we're saved from Mazikin. We know that we say Shema at night, it's like a, a two-edged sword to protect us. Because the night is a dangerous time. But the night of Pesach is not a dangerous time. The night of Pesach, we don't really need to say Shema for protection. It's called Leil Shimurim, a night of watching. A night where Hashem watches us. He protects us from the dangerous forces, the Mazikin. And this continues on the night of Pesach for all time. Hmm? Rashi, huh? Rashi previously brought a statement that the night is a very dangerous time for people. Tosfot also brings in Mesechet Pesachim. 
He says that the mazikin, the spiritual demons, threaten nocturnal travelers. A person shouldn't go out at night alone because the, 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 the demons could attack. It says the reason nighttime, says the, the, the question is why? What's so dangerous about the night? So he brings the reason that the nighttime is dangerous is because we, we are lacking in mitzvot, in commandments at night. The vast majority of mitzvot, specifically mitzvot aseh that we have, are carried out during the day. In addition, the Bet HaMikdash, the temple, what happens at night? They lock the door. They reopen in the morning. It says the reason is the night, it doesn't belong to us. The night is dangerous for human beings. They say that Gehinam is darkness. Night refers, it's a, it's a bad situation that a person is in. Rish Lakish says something very interesting. We say in the beginning, Bereshit bara Elohim, right? Beha'aretz ha'ita tohu v'abohu v'choshech al tehom. So Rish Lakish says, what's tohu? Tohu is bavel. Bohu is madai. Choshech is uh, Greece, and Choshech uh, and Pinetehom, like never ending darkness, is Rome, Edom. So our exile is always considered darkness. Also, the, the, the Midrash says about Abraham Hashem says, Take for me a three year old cow. Says Hashem at Brit Ben Abitarim showed him four kingdoms which were destined to subjugate his descendants. And says, And behold, a horror of great darkness fell upon him, Abraham. Horror, this refers to Babel. Darkness is Madai. Great is, is, uh, is Greece. And the fourth kingdom where they fell is Edom. So this idea of darkness is again and again and again. Brought up as exile, as a, as, a, as a definite negative to us. So we have to understand the original light of the first day, the light was created not just for light, but to allow us to do mitzvot. Rabbi Yonatan ben Uziel comments when it says the La Yehudim Haita Ora, says they had light not just for seeing, but because certain mitzvot can only be done in the light. It says, Elokim Laor Yom. During daytime, we have certain mitzvot. The Egyptians had darkness, the Jews had light. Not only to see, but Yonatan ben Uziel says, the Jews need light for the mitzvot that they're going to accept. Mitzvot are what make the day good. The lack of mitzvot are what make the night dangerous. So the obvious question, why nighttime? Even if the moon is reduced, you could have had some system of light. Why night? Why is it a dangerous time? We have light so that we could do mitzvot. Certain mitzvot can only be done in the daytime. The mitzvot do not follow the light. Rather, because of the mitzvot, we have light. The Jewish day begins at night. Vahi erev, vahi boker. It starts with the night, and then it becomes light. The original light followed darkness. Day followed night. What was the purpose? Brings the Arizal. In order to allow us to do mitzvot, Sitzi, tefillin, sacrifices, etc. He says the vast majority of mitzvot are reserved for the day. Hashem gave us the light, but starting not from light, but from the source of the light. And again, it goes that the reason for the light is mitzvot. These last three plagues, locusts, darkness, and makat bechorot, all have an aspect of darkness. 
Darkness is emphasized in all of them. The grasshopper seems to emphasize darkness. Isn't the grasshopper the plague, the locust? He says, no, there's more to it. We should realize that these, all the makot in this week's parasha, all the three, are all an extension of darkness. We have to understand that all of this, all of this has darkness behind it, and darkness is a tragedy. Darkness is the world lacking mitzvot. The last three are the highest level of the plagues. They share a single aspect, darkness. Through darkness, Hashem is going to bring the plagues. We see in the Pasuk with locusts that they're going to arrive all day until the, until the night. I'm sorry, all night until the day. And then it's no day, it's just night. And then Hashem is going to destroy Mitzrayim. The mazikin, the, the negative forces, rain at night. Says It shows they can't see, they can't get up, they can't sit down, they can't do anything. Why? There's no mitzvot. There's a lack of positive energy. The darkness, then the firstborn, midnights, is at the center of the night. Again, it's showing the mazikin at night. Avraham Avinu was able to chase the kings at night up until midnight, but not after. The Gemara says the night is divided. The first part of the night, who makes the noise? The donkey. The second part of the night, who makes the noise? The dog. The morning is the rooster. So when the dog barks, it's a bad time. The Gemara says the Malach HaMavet Bala'ir. When the dog is barking, it's a sign that the Malach HaMavet, the angel of death, is in the city. If you hear the dogs barking in the middle of the night, says in the Gemara, Baba Kama, you should know that God forbid there's a funeral in the morning. Someone died in the night. It says, when is the specific, the worst point of the night? When the dogs are barking. This is when the angel of death, this is the most dangerous time. This is right at the time of midnight, right before midnight. Hashem at midnight to Egypt, it's a dangerous time. He's going to kill the firstborn. You want to escape, you want a protection, you want to turn night into day. Says the Arizal, Hashem gave Bnei Israel two mitzvot. Brit Milah and the sacrifice of the, of the Pesach. He says, we have the smearing the blood and we have eating at night. He says, when we do the mitzvah, we are able to turn the night into a daytime. Rabbeinu Bachya says, how is it possible that they had to wake Paro in the middle of the night, on the night when Moshe told him every firstborn is going to die? If you're Paro and, God, and Moses tells you every firstborn is going to die tonight, what are you going to do? You're for sure not going to sleep. You're going to sit up all night with all of your people and see what's going to happen. Instead, Paro put on his pajamas and he went to sleep. Says Rabbeinu Bachya, how? Paro says, you know what? Moshe, you're off. This is my time. This is the full moon. This is Aries rising. This is Mars ascending. I'm in power and you have no power. And this is the moment, even though it's the full moon, this is the moment of Ra. You're going to lose because you can't overcome Ra. So he's so sure that he's going to win that he's able to go to sleep that night. He's so sure. What does the plague do? It shows that there's no power to the Egyptian god. It says, even though it's night, the mitzvot can light up the night. So for Bnei Israel, there was no night. The Torah is given to us specifically, we're supposed to learn Torah the most important time, 
is to learn it at night. The Shulchan Aruch says a person who learns at night remembers more of what he learns than a person who learns in the day. This is the meaning. Hashem asks the angels, should I bring darkness? When he's going to bring the, the ninth plague. The Midrash says, Hashem asked them, should I do this? Because darkness is a dangerous time. It brings dangerous entities. Rashi says, why darkness? Why specifically do we ask a question on darkness? Why don't we ask on any of the other plagues? Because by allowing darkness in the day, we allow banned entities to reign over a day. Usually they don't have power during the day. Now what you've done is you've taken away the day and the power of the good forces in the day and given them to darkness. Moshe tells Parah, at the dividing point of the night, when you think you have power at the dividing point of the night, when you think that it's all you, then I'm going to come. What's the proof? The dogs are not going to bark. He says, why? Because B'nai Israel did, did mitzvot, and the mitzvot that B'nai Israel, what, what did the mitzvot do? The mitzvot themselves created light for B'nai Israel. So while for the Egyptians there was darkness for B'nai Israel, there was light. There was no darkness that whole night for B'nai Israel. The mitzvah of sanctifying the month, when the moon's going to shine, we say the berkat alevana, it shows us that even when we're in a period of exile, when we're in the darkness, we could survive. We could survive how? By being holy. By, being, by sanctifying the moon, by doing mitzvot. The Gemara says this world is described as night. The first creation was light and it had an opportunity. What about night? We have the mitzvah. Calendar, so it says that the whole idea of the night, the Zohar says, is the night, that the night, the first night, was bright as day because of the power of mitzvot. Rambam says that a person should learn more at night than the day. The rabbis tell us that Yaakov Avinu didn't sleep at night when he was in the yeshiva. He stayed up at night to learn. He says, why? Because at night he needed protection from Esav. Esav was the dark side, he needed protection. Night is dangerous. You need Shema at night. But with mitzvot, you could protect yourself. The whole parasha, really, of Bo, is the conversion of night to day. You're looking at a whole parasha that's talking about night, 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 and night, midnight, etc. And you're showing how do you convert it to bring light to darkness. You convert it by doing the mitzvot. This is what Hashem emphasized. He says he's going to come at night, eat the meat at night. Only sacrifice we don't eat right away. Why is the mitzvah eating at night? Because this night's a protection. We see later on, when is the splitting of the sea happen? It's happening during the night, because what happens at dawn the next day? They stand on the other side, and then it's Az Yashir. So it's after the night was when it split. Because B'nai Israel was able to bring night, light to the night, and it transforms the night from a negative time to a positive time. The secret of these three plagues is all night. This world is a world of darkness. This world is an attempt to prevent the light. What our job is, is to bring light to the world. Every time we do a mitzvah, it says, Kiner mitzvah, the Torah or. Every time we do a mitzvah, we create a light with the mitzvah. And that's, it says, the, the translation, Kiner mitzvah, because a candle is a mitzvah, and Torah is or, and the Torah is light. 
The redemption is the same thing. This world is a world of darkness. Through the mitzvot, we bring light. Through the mitzvot and Torah, we bring the light of redemption. And that's the only way we bring Mashiach. So really, Hashem is telling us, the parashah is telling us, you know what? I'm showing you, there's a world of darkness. And exile is darkness. And we stand in the night, and it's dark. And what do we do? We go out in the night and we say, Birkat Levana. When do we say Birkat Levana? Not at the full moon. But only at the first quarter of the moon. When it starts to grow. Because even though it's night, the, the mitzvah can take the night and turn the night into light. Even though we're in exile, by inserting the, the Torah and the mitzvot into what we're doing, we take the darkness and bring light. And if we want to bring the Mashiach, what do we have to do? The do the mitzvot, we have to do the things we can, and that's what changes everything into light. Question? No.